Sparky. Yes, honey? Are you out here for a reason or are you just avoiding the family? No. I still have a couple hundred more bulbs to check. In the meantime, I can light the Santa and the eight tiny reindeer and the Merry Christmas song. That should look good. Ready? You want me to do the drum roll thing? No, it's okay. Here goes nothing. I don't understand it. The house lights don't work. The floodlights don't work. Is it plugged in? Honey, do you honestly think I would check thousands of tiny little lights if I wasn't sure the extension cord was plugged in? You used more than one cord, didn't you? Maybe the kids have been fooling around with it. I'll check them back. Stop it right there uh, because we have children in the audience, okay? <laughs> Light of the world. Light of the world. Most of us uh, will decorate this year. How many of you have your Christmas lights on your house already up? Oh my goodness, you people. Wow. How, how many of you already have the Christmas tree up? Raise those hands. Oh my goodness. Wow, amazing. And, and how many of you, this is, this is the people that we really are disgusted with. Uh, how many of you already have your shopping done? Get out of here. I'm just kidding. Don't get out of here. Stay here. And how many of us are just angry with all those people that just raise their hands? Okay. We don't have lights on the house. We don't have the tree up. I have not done a single bit of shopping, even online. Uh, Christmas Vacation is absolutely one of my uh, favorite, favorite shows as they prepare for the family coming over and it's always uh, more difficult than you plan it to be, right? 
uh, Christmas and Advent season is a time of preparation, putting up the tree, getting the lights out, uh, going shopping, making all the great, wonderful food uh, that we all enjoy. It is a time of preparation. It's also a time of waiting, anticipating uh, what is going to happen. And Christmas has always been that way. As Christians and believers even before Christ have anticipated the coming of Jesus, it's always been full of expectation. What will happen? What will God do? When will he come? And even believers, this side of the cross, we know that Jesus Christ has come, but we also know this. We also know that Jesus Christ is coming again. So our Christmas anticipation, our Christmas celebration this morning and this season is not only celebrating that Christ has come as a baby, but it's also a celebration that Christ has promised to come again. We are anticipating, we are expecting the return, the second coming, the second advent of Jesus, our Savior. And he comes as the light of the world. Open your Bibles with me to uh, Matthew chapter 4, where we see some people anticipating uh, the coming of Jesus as he arrives. Matthew describes the scene. This is Matthew chapter 4, actually beginning in verse uh, 13. I'll start reading. Uh, As it describes Jesus beginning his ministry, verse 13 of chapter 4, it says, And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Look at verse 16. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling, <clears throat> excuse me, in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. <clears throat> Verse 17, from that time Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is the very beginning of, of Jesus' ministry. He's been baptized. He's gone out to the wilderness to prepare for his ministry. And Matthew describes the beginning of his ministry here uh, with this prophecy from Isaiah that light was coming. A people that have been dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have been dwelling in the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. The people at Jesus' first coming were not living in bliss. They were not living uh, in great success or with great peace. They weren't profitable people. But in their difficulty, Matthew quotes Isaiah and he says, the coming of Jesus is like a light coming in the darkness. And folks, here's the same for us today in 2015. Guess what? There is still darkness in the world. We still live in the shadow of death, don't we? As we begin to anticipate this celebration of this joyous season, we have to admit that all is not merry, all is not bright, all is not right in our world, all is not right in our lives, is it? Just a survey of our own hearts and our own people In this room, 
we're weighed down with darkness. It could be unemployment. It could be economic hardship. That's darkness. It could be the loss of a loved one or a miscarriage. That's darkness in our world. It could be strained relationships with family or or others that you've been close to. Relationships that are, are now wounded. That's darkness. It could be a child going in a direction that doesn't please you. That's darkness. Kids, it could be the surroundings at your school, the the pressures that there are, the temptations that there are, the crowd that says, do this, this is valuable, this is important. That's darkness, personally. And I don't need to remind us that just nationally and internationally, there's darkness. Darkness reigns from international terror to shootings in Colorado, to the political divide within our country that can so often be just mean-spirited. There's darkness. But into that world, Jesus comes as the light of the world. That was the situation when Jesus first came. That is the situation today, a world of darkness. But the hope that we have is that Jesus is the light. And the light has come, and the light is coming again. God is a God of light. Think about this. The very first words, the very first action that God takes in the scriptures, what is it? Genesis 1, chapter 3. What does, what does God pronounce as his first act, his first creation? The world is dark and void, And God speaks into the darkness, into the void, and says, let there be light, right? And after that, it says that he saw the light, and it was good. Darkness, all throughout the scriptures, the symbols, a metaphor for the brokenness of the world, the evil in the world, the sin in the world. But God is a God of light. His first words that he speaks, let there be light, And it was good. And guess what? One day, it will be all good again. The light of the world will return and put all things to rights. So in one sentence, let me say it like this. The hope of the world is the light of the world. The hope of the world is the light of the world. And no other time in our history, I can't think of a better time in our culture, in our nation, to talk about hope, hope for the world. And the hope of the world has always been God, the light of the world. It was when Jesus came on the scene 2,000 years ago, and it is today. The hope of the world is the light of the world. Matthew quotes Isaiah for this passage that introduces Jesus. If you flip back with me to Isaiah chapter nine, we see where he gets this quote from. 700 years before Christ, Isaiah chapter nine, we're gonna look at the first couple verses and then six and seven. 700 something years before Christ, you see verse two, it says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. That's what Matthew just quoted. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. Jesus 
is the fulfillment of this prophecy of Isaiah. The light came in the person of Jesus. That's why Matthew quotes these verses in Matthew. What is this like light? What is the light like? Well, in verse six, is, verse six and seven, he gives us some names. He describes the light of the world. And these are famous Christmas verses, verses six and seven. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Would you have ever expected that? That the light of the world, that the hope of the world would be in a child, would be in a baby, would be in a helpless son born to a peasant girl amongst scandal? The hope of the world, the light of the world is a child that is born, a human child that is born, a son that is given. But this is no ordinary child, no ordinary son, because the next part says, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The light of the world is this child, this son, who will reign, will have a government, will have a kingdom. That's what Jesus' preaching words were back in Matthew 4, verse 17. He began preaching, Behold, repent, the kingdom is at hand, that my kingdom is coming. This is our light, a child, but also a wonderful counselor. That means that this God, this Jesus, this Messiah, will have wisdom beyond any other human ruler. Why? He's a wonderful counselor with great wisdom, not just because he's a son or because he's a human ruler, but the next phrase, because he's mighty God. He's powerful to take a dark world and conform it, transform it into a kingdom of light at the end. He's full of wisdom. He's a wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He's everlasting father. This doesn't mean that Jesus, the Son of God, is the Father in heaven, but it means that that his, His ministry is fatherly. That the mighty God that we serve isn't just a a dictator from on high, but he has the love of a perfect good father. He's a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, but a good father and a father everlasting. This child was born in time, but has always existed. The light of the world didn't begin to exist. He has always existed and then became a son through the Virgin Mary. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and finally, prince of peace. He's a ruler of peace and a ruler who will bring peace. Don't we need to hear that this morning? That at some point, when Jesus returns, the world will not continue to be a world of terror and chaos and conflict, but there will be a kingdom of a mighty God, a kingdom of perfect peace. That's who the light of the world is. And that's why when Jesus began to preach later on in the Gospel of John, that's why he could say, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Jesus says, I created light. I am the fulfillment of light. I am the light 
of the world. And you know what's even greater than that? Is that at some point, when his kingdom comes in full, the king will be with us and we will be with the king. And guess what? He will be our light. Flip over to Revelation chapter 22. This is the end of the story. Heaven, the end of the story. Revelation 22, verses three through five. Listen to how it's described. No longer will there be anything accursed, nothing wrong, nothing cursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it and His servants will worship Him. Check out verse 4. They will see His face. We will see God's face. And His name will be on their foreheads. Verse 5. And night will be no more. No more night. No more darkness. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. The end of the story is not terror, is not conflict. The end of God's story, begun millennia ago, fulfilled in Jesus, will be culminated when Jesus returns. And those who know him will experience a kingdom of peace in perfection, where we will see God face to face. And there won't be a sun anymore. There won't be a moon or stars, but the light of the world will truly, literally be God and his glory himself. Isn't that amazing? The hope of the world is the light of the world. I don't know what's going on in your personal life this morning, but I know many are burdened here this morning. I know many of you carry stress. Many of you carry burdens. But the hope of the world, the hope for us personally, no matter what's going on in our world, no matter what's going on in your heart this morning, is the light of the world. Jesus has come to make it right and he's returning again to make it perfect. Jesus goes on as he describes himself as the light of the world. He then, in Matthew chapter five, turns to his disciples and says, you are the light of the world. You now have my light. Take that light to the world. So in Matthew 5, 16, he says this. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Not gather, Father. Let your light shine before men. Take the hope of the world, the light of the world to the light. Be light. Why do we know there's light? Because we see it. And because we see by it. Jesus is saying here, go do good. Do good deeds. You're not saved by good deeds, but you shine the glory of God as you do good deeds. Be light in the world. Let your light shine. Shining our light is not just something that we're supposed to do in December, but what a great time in our culture to give people the reason for the season, to shine light. And there's some specific ways that we want to partner with you and our church family this season to bring light to the world, to show the, the world the light of the world. 
And so there's some specific things we want to offer to you that we want to invite you to partner with us. I'm going to ask Jim Hessen to come forward and, and talk about some of these things. Three specific ways that we want to be about as a church family uh, this season to bring light to the world. So Jim is going to come up and explain these and tell you how to be involved. Thanks. Oh, you want me in the center? Okay, in the light. I got to stand in the light. Okay. Anyway, excuse me for my, I got a coated by dose, so um, I'm not sounding real great. But we have uh, three ways to get involved this Christmas season. Um, it goes beyond that, but I think it's a good way to, for us to get started. Um, so for our children, we're going to be doing a project that uh, Rotina and, and Gibson um, have a ministry back in Zimbabwe, and this is to raise money. Uh, for a village back there for the women in the village to be able to raise chickens. And so to that end, for our kids in the, uh, in the Sunday school ministry, uh, we're going to be looking for kids and families to uh, fill up uh, these plastic Easter eggs with money to be able to buy the chickens. So that breaks, begs the question, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Now we know the egg came first. Sorry, bad humor. So, <coughs> but... <laughs> So, uh, parents of kids, uh, particularly uh, pay attention to that. That is something that uh, we want to be doing over the next, as, as you look at your spare change and opportunities for your children to do something concrete to reach across the ocean to a country most of us will never have the opportunity to, to get to. But their prayers and, their, and your dollars and cents can make a difference in the lives of people who need to hear the gospel. And this is a great opportunity to be involved. Then we have an opportunity locally. Um, I'm going to have John uh, Watkins come up and talk a little bit about it. This is something their small group got involved in last year. But there's an opportunity to work with the Supermobile in Dallas to work with the homeless. Uh, there are uh, things we're going to be asking you to do. But John, why don't you talk a little bit about what you guys did last year? Sure. Well, our uh, small group last year um, filled some shoe boxes, which is what they do every year, and uh, filled it with uh, socks, hats, gloves, uh, toiletry items, gift cards. And uh, what they do is uh, wrap them up and take them down to this uh, ministry in Dallas called the Supermobile. And uh, they do this every Christmas, and on uh, Christmas uh, Eve morning, they have this uh, red carpet at the Omni Hotel, and they uh, bus, bus the people in, and everybody stands there and greets the, the people as they're coming along this carpet. And I tell you, it's, it's an awesome uh, feeling to see. Uh, Homeless. These are homeless these are people. These are homeless folks getting a night at the Omni Hotel right. and then being right. given these the boxes. Supermobile throws a big party for them on Christmas at the Omni Hotel, and they put them up at the hotel for a day, and they have a big feast for them on Christmas uh, night. So you can go to the, um, they have a website, it's called supermobile.org, and if you click on the, uh, there's a Christmas shoe boxes. Uh, click on that, it tells you all the information about uh, how, how to get involved with that. And so what we did with, it was just our small group, and it, it kind of went into the, um, 
the children's ministry. So this year, I think we'd like to do it on a church-wide basis. So uh, anyway, if you have any questions, give me a holler. And okay. Right. Thanks, John. So that's another way for us to get involved. We'll be sending out more information, but the ability to put shoeboxes together, uh, great family opportunity, and it's an opportunity to reach into, the, into downtown Dallas, into, again, folks that most of us don't work downtown. I used to, and the homeless situation in downtown is pretty severe, particularly this time of year. So it really is a good opportunity for us to, to get involved there. And lastly, uh, we have an opportunity today to be involved. John and Wendy Bockelman are with East West, um, which is an organization that we support them uh, through the church. But obviously, uh, we're only a small part of their, part of their support. In today's uh, Chili Challenge, the donations you provide, as well as uh, uh, the folks who donated, who entered their chili in. So the folks that uh, entered chili not only uh, paid the cost to make the chili for you, but also actually made a donation uh, towards that ministry and towards John. Just so you understand a little bit about, uh, I used to be in faith-based ministry years ago, and, and anybody else who's ever served in a faith-based ministry, <clears throat> and you, where you've got to raise support, you know, your salary, your livelihood, and your ministry expenses um, all come out of what people give out of, the, out of the goodness of their heart. And so John, uh, to, in order to support their ministry, they need to raise about $100,000 a year to support the ministry and to pay John a salary. John has been working without salary for a few years. They can only afford to do that for so much longer. So think about it seriously as a way to make a long-term commitment. Um, you can ask uh, John and Wendy, they're, they're here, they've got, they can answer questions. We have a little thing out in the back to be able to um, provide information. Uh, if you're interested in getting on their prayer list, interested in finding out how to support them on a regular basis, those are all opportunities. But here we have an opportunity to reach unreached peoples and to, to reach into areas of the world. John was recently in Russia. Um, they uh, uh, you know, often do a lot of work in the Middle East, training pastors and things of that nature. And it's an opportunity to do something that we, most of us here will again, never have the opportunity. But our prayers and our dollars and cents can go forward to help spread that light. So thank you. Awesome, thank you, Jim. Okay, kids, how many of you have a chicken on your Christmas wish list, huh? Not a one? No one wants a chicken for... My son does. Uh, you, you gave me an idea. Hey, kids, what... Think about that. There are, there are kids, there are moms in Africa that if they just had a chicken, if you could save some of your coins... Maybe ask mom and dad to help you. Maybe donate as well, but save your coins. Ask mom and dad for some help. And you could buy a chicken to help a family make money. To have enough to have food on the table in places where sometimes they don't make more than $2 a day. You can be part of bringing light to those parts of the world just by filling up that little egg with some coins. I think if you even bring $10 in the egg... You get to name the hen, right? Is that, is, that the, is that true? Rotina and Gibson, you guys stand up just so you know who's behind the Wapaw project. And that, this is Gibson and Rotina. You're going to get a little Zambian flag too, so talk to them afterwards. Uh, Wapaw stands for Women Against Poverty and Hunger, right? 
in Zimbabwe, okay? So they started this organization. We want to get behind them and help them uh, as well as today with the Chili Challenge East West and the Soup Mobile, okay? Jesus is the light of the world. He calls us to be the light of the world and take the light to the world, okay? What a great time to spread the light this Advent, this Christmas season, okay? Let me pray for us, all right? Father God, thank you that in a dark, uh, often confusing world, there's light. That we don't have to be hopeless, but we can be hopeful, even in the midst of trials and tragedy. Lord, I pray that the light of the world, your spirit working in us this Advent season would bring hope to our lives and bring hope to the world through our lives and through our sacrifices, through our gifts. Lord, above all, may you be honored. May you get glory. We thank you, God, again for not leaving us in a hopeless state of sending the Lord Jesus to this earth as a child, but to begin his kingdom of renewal and reconciliation that will be perfected when he comes again and we see him face to face. God, help us to live with hope. And we pray, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. Bring your kingdom. It's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen.